Welcome to The Secret Life of Entrepreneurs, where we talk everything local. From finding out what makes a business owner tick to how to get your business found. Tune in as business owners share it all. The Secret Life of Entrepreneurs is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, local business owner, Google girl, and founder of the Get Found Digital Marketing Program. Welcome to today's episode of The Secret Life of Entrepreneurs. Today's guest is going to talk dollars and cents. And as my 14-year-old said to me probably a couple of years ago now, isn't money really what makes the world go round, mom? And I thought, wow, at, well, at 12, she already had that insight. So Brendan McGuire from Affinity Credit Union joins us today to talk dollars and cents as a local business. Brendan, welcome. Barb, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. So start off by, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Affinity Credit Union. Well, uh, I came over to the uh, financial world, uh, I'm going to say 14 years ago now. Prior to that, I was a broadcaster, which is one of my first loves. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just love talking to people, communicating with people. And then I wanted to learn a little bit more about personal finance. And uh, I moved over and worked for a charter bank for 11 years and uh, realized, you know what, this isn't so complicated if you just take the time to sit down and learn it and talk these things out. And uh, I've always loved communicating with people and uh, customer service. And uh, in 2018, pretty well exactly three years ago to this episode, mm -hmm. uh, I decided I wanted a new challenge. And I took on my current role with Affinity Credit Union as uh, they call this a small and medium enterprise specialist. And now my title's business advisor, but it's effectively the same thing. We deal with uh, small businesses, you name it, farmers, um, restaurant owners, mm -hmm. any kind of retail owner, property owners, um, anything commercial, uh, we do it. And it's been a fantastic learning experience and a great challenge. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about the difference between that bank and credit union, because having been in the banking environment, was it a culture shock for you? Or what was some of the very first things that you noticed when you, like from an employee standpoint, like what's the difference between the two really? Um, you know, I, I I don't have anything bad to say about charter banks. I mean, I have a lot of friends who still work there. I enjoyed my time working there. Um, but I, I personally prefer the credit union approach. Um, when you think about the flow chart of who matters with the charter bank, number one, it's the shareholders. Number two, um, it's the profit margin or the bottom line. Uh, sorry, the, the shareholders. And then it's the um, customers come in second. And then number three, you know, the employees at the bank. Okay. With the credit union, it's all about the members. There's mm -hmm. no shareholders, there's no dividends that have to be paid out, and everything is very local. So for example, um, decisions are made out of head office. Uh, when I worked for the charter bank, all of the decisions would be made out of Toronto. Yeah, and in Toronto doesn't exist in their mind. <laughs> It, it, on, on sometimes when you watch them do a newscast, you'll watch their weatherman go over the weather map and uh, he'll talk about BC, he'll talk about Alberta, he'll scroll right over Saskatchewan, mm -hmm. talk about Manitoba, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. sometimes when you're talking about, um, let's say, for example, um, you know, a small farm or an oil field company or something out in a small town, uh, they're not really all that sympathetic toward what the lending needs are of this business or the viability of that business. Whereas if you're accountable, um, 
locally, which our head office is based in Saskatoon, mm -hmm. it's a whole different ball of wax. So I found that a big, uh, big difference. One thing that uh, I kind of had fun with early on was um, I've always done podcasting for the mm -hmm. uh, Regina Red Sox, their okay. webcasts. Yeah. And um, I've always loved their organization. And uh, I approached the team president, Gary Bratzel, about, hey, is there a way maybe you, you could partner with uh, Affinity Credit Union? And uh, he said, we would love to partner with Affinity Credit Union. I took it to our head office, our marketing team. They loved the idea. Mm -hmm. And we were able to strike a partnership. Yeah. I don't know that that ever would have happened when I was working for the Charter Bank. So that was certainly a bit of an eye opener for me as well. You know, and, and without knocking the banks, I think you give them too much credit because I don't think they would have even heard that proposal. The Regina Probably Red Sox would mean <laughs> nothing to them. Uh, and I think that's the biggest difference between a bank and a credit union. Having the decisions made here, there's been numerous times in my own corporate uh, career and then even as a small business owner, if a decision has to be made in Toronto, our numbers don't make sense to them. The fact that we have a population just over a million like to them, that's nowhere near a viable market for a business. And so they crunch those numbers and they say, oh, there's no way this business is going to make it. So I think, you know, the good old Saskatchewan mentality that we're pretty hardy here and, you know, we do whatever we need to do to survive. Definitely. Especially the industries here, like uh, agriculture, I think, especially because agriculture mm -hmm. uh, is a very specific industry, very different from yes. pretty well all other industries. And I'm not sure in southern Ontario they have the same grasp of that as uh, the people making those decisions locally do. No, absolutely not. I actually went to university out in southern Ontario and yeah, it was it was different, totally different than what I had grown up with here in Saskatchewan and not better, not worse, just different and if you're going to stay there if you're going to work there you just have to be prepared that you you know fit to that culture and and it wasn't my thing to you know compete that way and stab your buddy in the back just because there was a job so here i am and i've never looked back it's been a very good experience definitely okay so you know let's dig in a little bit here brendan uh the the hope from our show today is that we want to be able to provide a little bit of guidance to local businesses uh, when they're thinking about either a starting needing financing needing the basics you know your business accounts and things like that or you know you're growing you're expanding you're looking at changing up your your fi or your financial institution so someone comes in to talk to you what do you say how do you help them through this decision that's a great question so um it, we get them in all stages. So sometimes we get somebody who just comes in the door with, hey, I've got an idea, what do I do next? Other times we get people who come in the door and say, I've got this, this, and this, what else do I need to do? And it really depends on which stage uh, they're at. I would say if somebody is at ground zero, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. um, we, we need to see the business plan. And, and the, the, the business plan is critical, especially for a startup, because we don't have any historical projections or uh, sorry, historical financials to go off of. So we need future projections. Mm -hmm. And these projections need to be well written, well presented. They also need to be well thought out and rationalized. And so what we do is we quite often uh, partner with Square One Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. uh, th that is a great nonprofit service they that are. is available uh, for all entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and um, and futurepreneur as well, although that is only available to uh, entrepreneurs under the age of 40. Okay. And so those are a couple of services and resources that we encourage people who come in the door um, to use because they can help them 
refine that business plan. Mm -hmm. And that's always the, the, the number one thing. Uh, typically, we like to see a cash flow projection for the first three years. Okay. And the big reason why we want to see that is because um, if we're not putting together a loan that makes sense on the surface at the very beginning, mm -hmm. we're not only putting Affinity Credit Union in a bad spot, but we're putting the member in a bad spot. Yes. And it would be very irresponsible of us to um, allow somebody or facilitate somebody to take on a whole bunch of debt mm -hmm. and not having a clear cut path as to how they're going to pay that off. Right. And then, and then on top of that, um, we will also have a look at uh, prior earning history just mm -hmm. to see what somebody has to fall back on yeah. um, should things maybe not go so well or if they plan to keep working while the business is operating. Mm -hmm. And also we do get a net worth statement and we run a credit check, which is important um, just to have a look, see, you know, at the end of the day, I actually think that's a big difference. That's another uh, difference that I found with uh, working in the credit union system than what I noticed when I worked over at the Charter Bank. At mm -hmm. the Charter Bank, if your credit score wasn't like close to average or above average, it was like, see ya, you're out the door. Okay. W with the credit union system, it's a little different. Um, I mean, we have to do our due diligence. So mm -hmm. if someone has a long history of delinquencies or issues in the past, um, we have to figure out a way that they can get started in a very responsible manner. And, mm -hmm. and we have to be very careful if we're going to lend to that person. But at the same time, we're open-minded. We'll have discussions. And uh, in a lot of cases, someone's credit score might not look so good mm -hmm. uh, because of something that happened in the past or maybe a one-off. Um, I even know on my own personal credit bureau, about a decade ago or so, there was an item marked as uh, in collections. And mm -hmm. I had no idea. I called up the place. I said, oh, no, no, that's marked as paid. And I had to jump through a whole bunch of hoops yes. to get them to notify Equifax and everything else. So. Mm -hmm. I think uh, from that standpoint, I think that's a big difference between banks and credit unions as well. We're exactly. a lot more open-minded and sympathetic toward that. Yeah. And you're going to take the time to support the member and help them where I think, you know, a large financial institution like one of the, the big banks, they're just going to say, no, you've got problems here and off you go. So uh, as a credit union, you have members. You have members on the personal side. You have members on the business side. Uh, are the folks that you work with on the business side, do they have to be a personal member as well? They do not. Um, we encourage it because the more stuff they have with us, the easier it is for us to offer them discounts and also to uh, to service their account. It's a lot easier to service someone's account uh, on the business side if we have all of their personal stuff with us as well mm -hmm. um, in terms of seeing what's happening with the business uh, and on the personal. So to answer your question, I took the long way around there. Uh, <laughs> no, there's no rule in there, but we definitely encourage it. And we believe it leads to a better member experience for them both on the business and personal side mm -hmm. if they have everything under one umbrella. Yes. And if I put my own credit union hat on uh, and I'm not a member with Affinity with a different credit union, but if I put my hat on, it's a heck of a lot easier when things are in one place, whether I'm going in for personal, I'm going in for business, I can do everything in one fell swoop. So again, we all pay for convenience, right? Um, so when you talked a couple minutes ago, uh, we talked a little bit about lending and, and looking at that whole picture. Uh, for some small businesses, when they get started, I'm assuming that not everyone needs a loan to get started. Uh, maybe I'm naive about that and there's a significant you know, portion that do. But just kind of tell me about that startup picture and, and what does it look when a member or a customer comes in and says, 
Brenda and I've got this bright idea and here's what I need. Could be as simple as a bank account, could be much more complex and look like a loan. But, but tell me about that experience. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, having them come in is a very exciting time for them because um, you can tell this is not a business that they're talking about. This is a dream mm -hmm. that they want to get started. And that's what's really exciting about it because um, it could be as simple as uh, the service that they get. Like, like you know, I, I always argue the, the thing that credit unions can really hang their hat on and usually will really hang their hat on and especially affinity is service. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, um, you can look at 20 different lenders and once in a while, you're going to find somebody who might um, grind a little bit lower on pricing. With Affinity, we're very competitive with our pricing. Mm -hmm. But the thing that will knock anybody or I guess knock out of the park, uh, certainly with any charter bank, uh, is the service level. Because it could be as simple as someone coming in and talking about how they need to structure their business and who needs to have access to business online banking mm -hmm. and what kind of access, what level of access do they have? How do we track who's uh, got money coming and going? If I'm just opening a personal account for Barb, that's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're opening a bank account for business, that's a whole different ball of wax because yes. you're determining who has access, who's allowed to have access, mm -hmm. uh, who can sign, who can view, what kind of payments can they make, etc. And yeah. sometimes it's just as, as simple as having that face-to-face -face meeting to really hash out what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think at the end of the day, there's no better feeling than A, helping somebody get financing for that startup business when you see that business go up and they're happy and it's operating successfully. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be financing where the service comes in and to make that dream or uh, the system that they need to get their enterprise started a reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I most appreciated when I had to set up all of my banking for the business was you know, you get all this information and well, do you need this package or that package or what do you need? And I'm like, I have no clue. I'm starting. I have no clue if I'm going to do one transaction a month or 1000. And so the number one thing that I found was I needed flexibility. And if I wrong sized myself, I needed to be able to get back out of that so that I could right size myself. And I think that, you know, those are the kind of decisions they don't, um, they don't impact the success or failure of the business, but they're the things that you can get stuck on or, you know, find yourself being kept awake at night because I don't know, there's just so much when you're getting started that you don't know. Right. Um, one of the things and I, I would throw in there too, that does impact the success of the business because the amount of time that you're spending on small things yes. um, impacts what you can put to, to other things. Uh, well, what is the 80-20 rule? We spend 80% of our time on 20% of the stuff that we need to get done. Exactly. 20% 20, 20 of the activities that are going to help us earn earn revenue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. We've We've been having that conversation a lot in our business lately. Uh, because we're small, there's only four or five of us. And, you know, trying to get the stuff done, the more I spend on admin, the less I spend with students in our Get Found program or, you know, with clients and getting work done. So, yeah, I'm trying to do a little bit of offloading and everybody else is feeling the delegating <laughs> happening. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the episode that you had with the uh, fellow from Virtus mm -hmm. because with I so many of, of my, my members, um, 
you know, they'll ask me advice on what they should do. And, yeah. you know, the, the advice that I can offer is very limited more mm -hmm. to just financial services. There's a lot of advice I'm not qualified to give on how, how to run their specific business. Yeah. But I like to tell them, um, do not cheap out on admin mm -hmm. and do not cheap out on um, accounting, bookkeeping. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, those are things that will absolutely keep you up at night and drain all of your time. Mm -hmm. Unless, of course, I mean, if you have a CPA designation or you have some sort of accounting designation, right. play to your strengths. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, do things that, that you're good at, that you're proven to be good at, and outsource all the other stuff. Yes, exactly. You know, one of the things that I often talk about with my clients is um, building that solid foundation makes everything else in the future so much easier where you're right if you've cheaped out on this that or the other uh all of a sudden you're you know needing a whole bunch of website fix or you're you know needing to get a different accountant because things didn't work out for you i have a visitor coming in behind me here oh very cool yes uh, okay so um you said the word dream and you know, as a business owner, absolutely, I have a vision for what I, what I want my business to look like. That dog doesn't want to leave. Uh, I have a vision for what I want my business to look like, and I expect most people do. There's times where I know you have to say no to someone and it's their dream. How do you do that? How do you try and steer them in another direction so they can, you know, maybe have a different dream or at least finance that dream differently? How do you do that? I'm glad you asked that because, well, one thing, again, another difference in uh, working at the credit union. When I worked at the Charter Bank, um, you might call me up and apply for a loan. Mm -hmm. We've never met before. I'll be on the phone with you 20 minutes max. And uh, if it's a decline at the end of it, it's, oh, sorry, we can't help you. See you. Goodbye. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's really, really easy for the lender. Not such a great experience for the customer. Yeah. In credit union world, it's very different. I mean, we do get some requests, um, obviously, from people who don't necessarily have their financial services with Affinity. Mm -hmm. But after our long, thorough review, um, we are able to say no. But there's a lot of um, uh, requests that we get from people who are already existing members, maybe on the personal side, maybe they have a business. But as their account manager, I'm still accountable to them going forward. So if I have to give them a no, it's not just a quick conversation and that's that. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they can come see me face to face and uh, et cetera. So you're a lot more accountable to the member yeah. uh, in the credit union world. Uh, that is one of the biggest challenges I think that any lender faces is mm -hmm. how do you say no to someone? And I learned early on that if you just say no and you walk away, that customer is liable to be upset and unhappy with their experience. That's right. If you, if you articulate why the answer is no and what can be changed to get to yes, mm -hmm. that makes a big difference as long as you're rational and you're detailed and you articulate it properly. Um, so, for example, let's say I get somebody who comes in the door and we just can't help them because um, they don't have the risk tolerance to take on this enterprise. Mm -hmm. I always try to identify some kind of roadmap to get them there. So for example, um, do you have a family member? Do you have a friend who would maybe partner with you on this? Mm -hmm. uh, somebody who could give a personal guarantee, who would vouch? Yep. Um, something of that nature. Uh, because at the end of the day, I'm a big believer that there always are solutions, mm -hmm. at least 95% of the time anyways. Yep. And they may not even be realistic solutions for some. Mm -hmm. But at least if you if you present the reason for the decline, 
fairly and you also present the solution that's out there, you've at least provided them with some kind of a roadmap and an understanding as to what stands between them and their dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I like how you present that. So I talk with my students all the time about solutions. And when you when you start to think about anything you're working on as having a solution, you know, maybe a son who wants to start a business can go to mom for financing or for help with financing, or as you say, co-signing the loan, things like that. I remember a number of years ago, uh, I had friends who had, I wanna say signed over their parents' house as collateral for a loan. Uh, and of course, I think we all know where that went. It didn't turn out. So like, is that still a thing? Uh, you know, are people allowed to turn over someone else's property with their permission to, to hold as collateral on a loan? Or has that changed? You can, you can do that, but you, you better be very responsible if you're going to do that. Um, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I had um, one uh, member come in and had a business that was failing. We had uh, granted several loans and some of them on the basis that we had a government guarantee to support the loan. Okay. And, um, you know, that's another thing that credit unions do a great job of, I think, is partnering with government entities mm -hmm. that can help um, the different organizations that will provide uh, grants, loans, etc. But this fellow was coming in and he kept reapproaching us on the basis of his mother owned a lot of property and had guaranteed loans for him in the past. And so I didn't, and, and like, I mean, his mother was, you know, in her seventies, maybe early eighties. Mm -hmm. So I didn't bother calling his mother to verify this. I said, look, you've got my number. If yeah. your mother wants to guarantee this for you, she can contact me and we'll talk. Okay. So I think if you're getting into those kind of situations, yeah. just be very careful that whoever's involved, number one, understands mm -hmm. what they're turning over. Yeah. And, and number two, that if this goes sideways, this is not going to put whoever is putting up property as collateral in a serious bind. Yeah. If, if, if you have an uncle who's worth um, millions of dollars and he has a small cottage that he's willing to pledge because he wants you to have your dream, mm -hmm. that would be a lot more acceptable um, than maybe uh, someone's mother who is on a fixed income and has their house paid for yeah. and putting a lien on that property, you know? So it's, you know, I, I, again, I took the long way around there. There's no direct answer to that. Mm -hmm. um, but you better be very careful if you're going to allow someone else to put up their property for um, someone's enterprise that looks risky at best. And, and in the same token, if the, if the enterprise doesn't look good and we don't have some level of confidence mm -hmm. that this loan is going to go well, yeah. we're not going to grant the loan strictly on the basis that there's collateral there, it's a major, major problem for Affinity or any other organization yeah. to have to seize collateral. And we're not really in the business of doing that unless absolutely necessary anyway. Exactly. Yep. So without putting you on the spot too much, uh, you may have already thought about this before we did our show today. So can you tell us a story or two about, you know, a business that maybe you finance them and it didn't work or a business that you didn't finance and it really worked? Can you share a couple of those stories? Obviously, you know, keeping lots of information private. Yeah, for sure. I remember we we did finance one business that we had good confidence in, and the business seemed to go okay, but then there was a marital breakdown that mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. 
And so things went sideways and everything went delinquent, etc. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about this, like, what could I have done differently? Should I have done this differently? And the answer that I came up with was, well, I, we did the best with the information that we had at the time. Mm-hmm. And it made sense at the time. And sometimes life happens. Yes. Nobody expected COVID-19 to happen. Exactly. Um, you know, so you just have to always look at your process, think about the fundamentals about your decision making Mm -hmm. and the system that you utilize. And you want to be constantly reviewing that because um, one of the great hallmarks of a credit union is that we can customize things. Mm -hmm. It's not a one size fits all uh, type of setup. But no, I I, I have seen that happen. Um, I would say I have two examples where I've granted the funding and on the one of them we're having challenges with and on the other um they're making their payments but they're always a little bit late and that was more of an example of somebody who um you know they they were very very pushy they were very very aggressive Mm -hmm. um they had an accounting background and i maybe rushed it through uh because of the fact that i thought this is a slam dunk and the business plan was okay but what i should have looked at was just how pushy they were to get the money they needed the money yesterday Uh, kind of thing so i think that's another thing to be mindful of especially Mm -hmm. if you're a lender is just because someone is putting a lot of pressure on you um to push a loan over the finish line uh that you know don't ever be swayed by that there could be a reason for that that could be a sign of financial duress that maybe they are under Mm -hmm. and you always want to be very very objective at every loan application that uh that you look at and as far as uh somebody who we didn't finance Mm -hmm. who did well i can't think of any examples and again um my commercial lending career is still fairly young Mm -hmm. um but we did have a member who I was very, very worried about, and we even thought about demarketing at one point. Ah, and their mm-hmm. business has actually gone very, very well okay. uh, since then. Mm-hmm. So it was another helpful reminder yeah. that it's okay to not give up on a member either. Exactly. And, and, and when I speak about demarketing, that's another thing. That's a big difference between the charter banks and the credit unions as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of demarketing where if the charter bank sees that your financial statements are not doing well mm-hmm. um, and they're worried about this account, they will demand that you hand the keys over. With the credit union, we'll still review the account, okay. but if it's not going well, most of the time, rather than demanding someone turn over the keys, mm-hmm. we try to hammer out a solution. Right, exactly. Uh, Brendan, we have totally gotten uh, carried away with time, so we are actually over time. So I'm going to do some special editing <laughs> to the radio version uh, of our show Been there, show done today. that. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Honestly, it's like the hardest part for me. I'm like, what? I have to stop talking already? <laughs> um, Brendan, any final comments before I do wrap us up today? Uh, no, other than just uh, we, we love dealing with young entrepreneurs, even people who aren't yet entrepreneurs, and uh, even people who just want to talk about being entrepreneurs or need help with uh, with their banking or their financial services. Service is what we do. Come see us at any one of our Affinity Credit Union locations in Regina, Saskatoon, or elsewhere in the province. We'd awesome. love to help. Awesome. And how would folks find you? Website and social channels, if you know them off the top of your head? Yes, yes. We can be found... Um, 
we, we have our own Facebook page. Uh, we have our own website. Um, we have our own contact center. We get a lot of requests, people who call into our contact center and uh, are routed that way. And uh, if you want to speak with me directly, just ask for Brendan and we'll take it from there. That sounds good. Thank you so much, Brendan, for being with us here today, talking about Affinity Credit Union and talking about the difference between the big banks and a local credit union uh, where decisions are made and you actually get to know the people that you're working with and build a relationship. It's a lot harder to say no when you start to build a relationship with someone. So thank you, really appreciate those tidbits. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can email me at barb at abovethefold.live or reach out on our Facebook and Instagram page at AboveTheFoldCA. And just a reminder, you can even submit questions in advance of our live show when live actually works. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, local business owner and Google girl. Remember, you worked hard for your success. Don't keep it a secret. Bye for now. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Conexus. Does money spark joy in your life or cause you stress? If you said stress, you're not alone. For 42% of Canadians, their biggest stressor comes from money. At Conexus, they care about your financial well-being. Money doesn't have to be stressful, and Conexus is here to help. The Conexus Money Talk blog provides expert advice, tips, and solutions for all life stages and events. Getting married, buying a house, budgeting, saving, they cover it all and more. And did I mention, it's free. Check it out today at connectsmoneytalk.ca and start feeling confident and stress-free about your money.